everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with the hosts of Los Feliz, the podcast, Morgan Murphy, whom you know, writer, comedian, Two Broke what? Girls, Fallon Kimmel, Crank Yankers, uh, got into stand-up via writing, which we're going to get into. Hello and welcome, Hi, Morgan. thank you, Allison. And Robin Shore, producer, writer, actress, The Carmichael Show, The Middle, one-time host of E-Fashion Emergency. What? And what am I finding that? Wait a second. Mounted a staged reading of The Hills. Sure, yeah, it's been 10 years since we did that. I miss that show. I miss doing that show. I we're forgot about Let's talk about that. Hello yeah, and welcome to both you. of you. Hi, thank Thanks you for, for having, having us. Yeah, thank you. So Great we were, theme song, by the way. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm ready. That is courtesy of listener and friend <gasps> Tom Rapp, uh, who goes by Trap Dog. That's his musical oh. name. What's up, T? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I have to go. <laughs> Speaking, let's just dive right into this because it's at the forefront of my mind. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to your most recent episode with the woman who runs... RVIP. Kestrin Pantera is her name. Yeah, (laughs) Kestrin. It's a common name. Yeah. (laughs) And it's a mobile karaoke situation. Uh Uh-huh. And Morgan. It's an RV with karaoke in it. Yeah. Morgan, you said you hated karaoke. And I was driving when yeah. I heard this and I wanted to pull over to tweet you that I also hate karaoke. Isn't that what you did? Well, no, I waited till I got home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, I did get that tweet. <laughs> yeah. But you know what the thing is, though? I do love RVs. She does. It, that was the big thing. I was like, can I hang out? Yeah. You know. Sans karaoke. I like RVs too. I don't. I don't just. I like. I said on the podcast. I think it skipped a generation. I have no desire on a Saturday night to go karaoke. But Kestrin was inspirational in that way. Like I would maybe do it in her. I RV. would do it in her RV. I don't know that I would do it in Koreatown or anywhere that's cool. I have dated two different guys who were into karaoke. So I've been dragged along, and there oh. was one guy. You know, we're well, you know about- that I have like a. a the, I really like have a deep belief that um relationships can only work out if both people have the same opinion of karaoke <laughs> i didn't <laughs> i have a deep theory about it I wow think, oh, this yeah. you know i don't I even think that you uh, both have to like it or both have to hate it but i don't think you can be in a relationship with somebody where one person loves karaoke and the other person doesn't it didn't work so out with true. either of them my husband i don't know that I know what his opinion of karaoke is. Well, you got to find uh, out. Get him up. Let's get him up. I <laughs> am so tempted to find out right now. I My commitment to the listeners of this podcast uh, and you guys is, if it turns out that he likes karaoke, I'm leaving. Uh, yeah. We have a baby together, yeah. but some things are more important. Are yes. you going to take the baby though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because I'm not you raising You can't leave the baby like, with a karaoke, karaoke. person. <laughs> no. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. One of the guys had his particular song that he always sang though which uh, we talked about of course yeah. it was u2's one uh, uh, that's like do you remember that capital bank guy who sang that at a presentation it's on sorry it's on youtube like a guy was like trying to unite all the bankers at capital one or chase and he sang it at a convention he sang one by u2 it's on it's a great youtube clip He's trying to unite all the bankers. Did it work? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the financial crisis happened the next day. I don't know. 
Um, okay, so I, all of a sudden I realized that listeners might not not know the premise of your podcast, which is it's low speed. How would hyper- they not know <laughs> the premise? I of think a most of them will. Very local podcast, <laughs> but in case they okay. don't, it's a hyper local podcast. So you guys, yeah. you're unabashed. I mean, didn't even know that word when I when I thought of the podcast. Yeah, now you know. Yeah, and then people were like, "It's hyper local," and I was like, "It is <laughs> because of all mean? the rampant press blurbs that you guys have been getting, which right. we were talking about a little before we started the show." You've been getting a lot of attention for your quote-unquote hyper-local-focused podcast. You guys are unabashedly Los Felicist. Yes. Well, it's, you feel it's, it's the a, best place. It, I feel like it's the best place for me and everybody else. <laughs> right. I have. I, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Morgan asked. It was Morgan's idea. Um, and you know, somebody said last night, somebody said to me last night, like, I never would have thought of that. It seems like, it seems like Morgan just comes in for color commentary. And I was like, no, this whole thing is Morgan's idea. Um, yeah, it's weird because I, I, uh, I don't know. I, it's not, it's not that Liz feels like the greatest place. It's just, I think it's, um, it was both a, like a, for both of us, it was a bit of like a goal, a goal as sure. like a place to live like mm-hmm. a little bit out of my price range for a long time and it just seemed very sort of idyllic and of course there are things that could be better but you know for me it's perfect and it's such a small town that the minutia of it is just hilarious like I you know and I experience it on a daily basis and I you know I like learning shit about my neighborhood and that's basically what I do is I show up and learn interesting <laughs> facts yeah so you interview different people in Los Feliz and it's about Los Feliz yes yeah and it can, we'll do um you know east side neighbors and sure really anyone can be a neighbor we had Craig Cowie on from Balor Hardware the owner of Balor Hardware he was awesome and uh, we found out later a few episodes later mm-hmm. that the knives used in the Manson murder were purchased at Ballard yeah. Hardware, wow. <laughs> which was a shocking, shocking revelation because I felt like I had read everything about that time. Mm-hmm. Um, Are ha- you a Manson fan? I, un- I Accidentally. Like, I think just living in Los Feliz and knowing that there was a, an unfortunate set of murders that happened there and then obviously up in Benedict Canyon, I, I feel like growing, I Morgan and I actually both grew up in the Valley and I feel like growing up here, you just kind to hear about it there's like the before you know about the manson murders and after i feel like somewhere in fifth or sixth grade mm. somebody tells you about sharon tate and so that's I fe- how i feel about the holocaust yeah oh, okay just to get super sure, dark right yeah, away yeah, but yeah, i feel like yeah. there was before I'll, i knew about it <laughs> i'll see your manson murders and i'll <laughs> raise you a holocaust <laughs> yeah there was a loss of innocence learning sure, about that sure we, i remember we have a lot of you know i don't know if you know that judaism <laughs> is uh our, our podcast is infused with uh, Judaism, <laughs> a lot of Jewish. We yeah. had one episode you we had, interviewed. You uh, titled it the most Jewish podcast. Well, yeah, most because Jewish we episode. had on a representative from Eastside Jews, and Robin and I happened to share a podiatrist, <laughs> so we had him on, and he's a uh, local. He's a, a little, you know neighborhood podiatrist, and uh, you know we just basically it's just like the news everyone else is afraid to fucking touch right and you know <laughs> speaking of that i'm gonna i'm gonna break some big los feliz news here is that here that morgan doesn't even know uh, about which is that i got an email from that fine young gentleman from Eastside jews just uh, last night saying that he would like to connect with dr snyder our podiatrist because he and Eastside jews want to legitimately do an event there 
uh, an Eastside Jews event at Dr. Snyder's office. <laughs> how big is his office or how it's small is It's a very is small group? office. <laughs> it's a very big group and it's a very small office. And you know what? These are the kind of things that we get to create. And I'm so, I really, like, it's funny because I, part of me almost feels like, like the real me is the me on the podcast. And then like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's something. There's I And guess, the fake you is the one on stage. Well, now there's, there's, I, I just. I, I don't find a lot of things to get genuinely enthused about. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, the things that are really um, small and everyday are the things that I like care about the most. So it's very, it's fun to me to discuss like where you can get the cheapest avocados in my neighborhood. I'd rather talk about that than ask somebody about their new movie. You right. Know? Oh, like, yeah. and, and like, not that that's a bad thing to do. I just was like, I don't know what's a podcast where I don't have to talk to anybody about show business. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really brilliant. It's kind of like uh, a, I, I say this as someone who hasn't read this in a long time, but it's like New Yorker talk of the town come to life. Oh, I'm going to pretend I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, the the sort of whimsical minutia. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit of like an overheard, a little bit yeah. of a, you know, it's like it's instead of what is Trump doing today, we're Ugh. like we're like what sidewalk could be fixed. Yeah. Right. You know, Have, to me sorry. there's almost a no just a, a pleasurable distraction to only thinking about that shit for an hour. Have you always been this is gonna be a mm-hmm. lofty and yet also yes, inarticulate sure. question. Have you always been? have you have you always (laughs) well robin's the one who had a spiritual experience recently so she would be able to answer spiritual to answer the question have you always been i think (laughs) the question have you always been interested in that aspect of humanity that aspect being sort of the like small passions of local people let's say I've always been like deeply interested in um, uh, uh, small um, uh, sort of slices of behavior and um, like just everyday life. I don't know. I think like I not to get too deep into it, but like when I was when I was like an adolescent teenager, I lived with a lot of different families, and I think like in hindsight, because I've had to do a lot of sort of thinking about it, like I just kind of sat in a corner in a lot of households and I watched people yeah and I've always been really like that's to me like Robin and I both write obviously and and that's my favorite thing about writing is like is just being sort of descriptive but in a way like you know like I'm sort of obsessed with like economy of words and maybe that's part of the tie into the minutiae is like what is so small but so big and Mm -hmm. you know it sounds so cheesy but it really is like it's super it's so fun too it's like I I get truly engaged and i learned so much like i'm like oh there's brilliant like architectural marvels in my neighborhood and they're blocks away and i didn't know about them like that's very cool and how do i volunteer at marshall high school i don't know here's how like right yeah and for i think for the thing that excites me this is kind of weird not weird but like i get excited about the film history and we're gonna have a film historian on on sunday who's who's like specialty is los feliz because the very first film studio was prospect studios which is where they shoot gray's anatomy now but you almost just said gray's i almost said gray's you almost said gray's you almost three of gray's went industry you know what it's i wouldn't i don't work on it i have no i know it's just right to call it great that's crazy if you're a fan i think you have the right yeah Yeah. but i just i like learning i just was always uh as a kid thought 
oh, Los Feliz is so far away. That's where the zoo is. <laughs> I like never. I grew up in LA, and like I don't even think I'd heard the words Los Feliz yeah. growing up. Like no one talked about it. I and... knew that Leonardo DiCaprio lived there. I knew as a, a kid. As, as a kid, and I knew that because he, yeah. But I didn't know anything else about it, and it just seemed far away and fancy. And it's both, but it's also not that fancy compared to like, like I have, I have a visceral reaction if I go to Beverly Hills. Like I have a huge problem. What with is it. the reaction? Is it what I have, which is I feel like I don't, like I'm not good enough to be here. No, you okay. should. Oh, have I that. always feel like I would just never live here. I, I would, would never live there. It. But there's a sense of, and when I say Beverly Hills, I mean like I don't stop there very much. But if I, there's a sense of entitlement on the road. Oh yeah, in Beverly Hills with with drivers that I just feel like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot you own this entire vista of land. Like I, I like I just feel like there's an entitlement there that I don't encounter in other neighborhoods in Los Angeles. It's kind of a bummer. There's also something interesting about like uh, I don't, there's there, I think there's a lot of people in Los Feliz. I'm not one of them uh, where you would never know that they're very wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. other than maybe like a, a nice house. Like there's just I don't it's it's. But there's also people that that there's also like I was a very not wealthy person for 10 years living in Los Feliz in a studio apartment underneath a house. I think you can have like a rainbow. There's yeah. a rainbow. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's getting harder and harder to have that, though, because uh, uh, am I making this up on the spot? The rent is too damn high. Did I invent that? <laughs> I don't. I, oh, that's I, that's I, catchy. Uh, is it catchy? <laughs> that, I could start that. I like that. Yeah. Also, it gets better. <laughs> uh, also, I'm with her. No. To, no, I'm with so, her. Um, but I feel like, yeah, it's gone. I feel like, like you can live there. You can live in Los Feliz in an apartment, but there's a, just a rainbow of uh, different income incomes there. Whereas I feel like Bel Air, for example, I'm not sure that right. people are able to live in studio apartments in Bel Air. When I was looking for my first, and I don't live in Los Feliz. Uh, when I was looking for my first place in LA, though, Los Feliz is where I wanted to live. Mm. And I looked at so many apartments, but I really wanted to, I'm going to go hyper local for a minute. Ooh. Hyper. I'm going to do it. Do it. What's even micro local? Micro hyper local? What's yes. even, I really wanted to live in Los Feliz Manor. Like I stalked that oh, building. Oh, what is that? Where is that? It's Where on. It's on Los, is it not the Los, Los Feliz Boulevard? It is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's this big Art Deco building. Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. A guy and named yeah. Cameron is in you charge can't, of who uh, gets in. You can't move furniture in the elevator. Why? Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. It's a kind of greenish Art Deco yeah. on Los Feliz Boulevard. Yeah, it's beautiful. I've had multiple beautiful. friends live there. I almost moved in there. And I, because I, this is where you get deep hyper local, because I was on the mailing list, because I had once looked at an apartment there, I then got the emails for the immediate, the ones that were rentable. Yes. So I'm, then I forwarded them to my friends. So I got friends in there based on my interest. initial interest. Yeah. You should get a point. I should get a point. But that's a beautiful, industry. that's a, that's, but it is funny. Like when you go, yeah, where do you live? Like I lived in the towers and like Los Feliz Towers on Hillhurst and, uh, and Los Feliz Boulevard. And like people know, even within that community, I could do a podcast in that building and, you know, it could be like, where do you, are you a center unit? No, corner unit. Oh, okay. Corner unit. That's like, you know, it just, everyone, you know, everyone's interested in their own thing. Everyone's an artist. Would ModCloth still sponsor us if we just did a Los Feliz, the towers, the podcast? <laughs> do, would they still want us? By the way, the owners of ModCloth apparently live in Los Feliz. Oh. Um, but they're on a trip around the world because they sold ModCloth. I don't know. Oh. 
Not, how wonderful for them. I know. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's, there's a whole range of incomes and I like, I, that's one of the reasons I like it. I feel like there's young artists, there's older artists. Maybe there's a really rich artist that lives across the street from you who's world famous. Um, but that you, there's just a guy who's upset about, um, the street cleaners, you know? Is the, there, there that person? There, there is. Is there? <laughs> who is it? Or can no. you not say? Oh, I'm not talking about that. Okay. Robin gets into my business sometimes. Robin and I are very different. (laughs) How so? (laughs) We're just very different. It's odd. It's very weird that we pretty much do the exact same thing and live the exact same life because we're polar opposite people who have exactly... Uh, identical lives is that but, like you, you well we're two like single jews with dogs on the same street <laughs> who write comedy for a living usually at the same places like it, it just it's just funny but then we're we're different you know but that's why that's why writers rooms have all different voices and people and that's why hiring a morgan murphy is hiring the, the different than hiring a me oh so if they hire a morgan murphy uh-huh. what yeah. are they getting oh boy oh. What are they getting? And that um, question coming to you next. Jokes, nonstop, wonderful, well thought out, smart, funny what? jokes and storylines. And story- <laughs> I don't know what they're getting. They're getting. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't. What are they getting? I used to not know what they were getting. Now, now I feel like they're getting someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. But I used to think that they were just getting a. Uh, a young fraud. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, <laughs> how did I figure this out? Like, yeah, I, I, and I'm still convinced that I'm still like, the woman, oh, we have to hire a woman. She's a woman. Just hire her. She's a woman. Uh, hopefully that's not the case anymore. Uh, but uh, it's, it's hopefully, yeah, I feel like I've finally gotten to a place where like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I know how to do this. This is something I know how to do. And now hopefully I can help other people. It's nice to get to a point in your career where you don't feel like you're stealing money. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really lovely place to get to. It's true. Do you think that's um, because of your age or your, like, what was the turning point for you where you stopped feeling like a fraud? I think you just, you know, I, I think you cannot help but like compare what do I bring to the table versus what does everyone else bring to the table. And if you, I don't know, like I I feel like compared to everybody else, I bring enough to justify being there. Like that's (laughs) like, that's kind of it. Like it's not, and it's not that other people are shit or great or whatever, but you just, I think you spend a lot of time sitting back and kind of learning and wondering if you're supposed to be there. And then eventually you realize, oh, I'm getting things on too. Oh, my jokes are being received also yeah. oh that part of the story was mine like i guess i do know what i'm doing because it seems to be making other people happy right i have to ask this question now even though i don't know how i feel about the fact Please that do. i'm going to ask it yeah but do you because fe- i'm relating a lot to what you're saying because yeah. i for years and years and Allison, possibly me, we're, still now yeah. have that propensity towards imposter syndrome sure um and it's easy for me to let other people tell me how things are supposed to be done and for me to go, oh, well, you're the expert. Um, Do you think men approach their careers in the same way? I think that's a big question and Mm. there's so many facets to why I think men and women approach a lot of things they do differently. I think the, you know, I think that, uh, I think that guys still feel like, oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. Maybe I'm a little bit fraud, but I I think they're just sort of trained to be a little more outwardly confident in Mm. spite of how they feel. And, um, you know, and then 
I don't know. I mean, I, I always think about in answering that question. The first thing I always think about, I don't know if they approach their, I'm, I don't know how the men approach their careers, but I can say that uh, many, many years ago I was on a show and I remember one of the more senior writers, men, male writers got, um, really riled up about an idea and he was kind of just trying to make a point but sort of in making the point he kind of went insane in in this sort of anthemic monologue that he had in the room and there was a there was a basket or what is it a tin from like olive garden with bread soft breadsticks in it i should say soft <laughs> breadsticks in it and 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 in order for this writer to make his point he started throwing the breadsticks everywhere (laughs) and they they were he was he threw one at another senior writer (laughs) male's head and it didn't hurt it wasn't a big deal but it was still just like the act of like whoa somebody just threw a breadstick at my head and it was the first time and i think it was probably I, i i was a lower level writer at the time but i remember thinking god Damn it. I could never, yeah. ever throw a tin full of breadsticks at anyone in a room or I'd be for the rest of my career the woman who went yeah. crazy and threw breadsticks. Whereas this guy, uh, overall deals, yeah. like pilots every year. Always, people would be coming to be going, oh, yeah, I heard you do a podcast with breadsticks. And I'd be like, yeah, I do. It's pretty cute. And it's, it's just like, small. It's Was all it- I think about is like, not all I think about, but I think like that you, you have to be a little bit more careful because I think when people make those phone calls, like, should I hire this person? Should I not? You big, don't want big Hollywood phone. That's a big. That's you know what they don't teach that in school. They don't. They don't tell you in school that your whole career is going to be based on what people who basically it's going to be based on uh, what's being said by people you think are your friends. Yes. And and, and what are they going to say? And what are they going to say? Calls? And then and a lot of times people say, "Look, he's great." And you you, know, you this is what here it, if if Allison if you called me. To ask me about Robin, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure. This is okay. I'd be like, um, yeah, she's you know you'd like her. I I don't I I frankly I don't want to be responsible for like if it doesn't go well, <laughs> whatever that. Yes. And then Robin would say, how did you know? Oh, and I'd say I'd tell Robin. Allison called me, and I'd be like, oh, I said you're great, and you'd be perfect. And, yeah, you know, good luck. I hope <laughs> yeah. it's great. That's how it goes. That's how it fucking goes. That's and how if it goes. it's if it's a if you're endorsing the person, how does that sound? Oh, oh. then it's per- then it's like, oh my god, hire, hire, get him, get him, get him, get him, get him, get him, get him now, 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 or her, <laughs> yeah, <But> probably him, <laughs> but most likely, <laughs> yeah, him. most likely him. Did he go to Harvard? That's yeah. I mean, it's it's uh it's it's funny because you do see like people of all levels on all different kinds of shows and. Um, I, I never realized also the like importance of, I remember like I went to Penn, you Penn, is that you Penn? Do you call it Penn? Yeah. Recently I was talking to, um, some students and they were asking me about like advice or what, and I never know fucking what to say. And I was just like, just like, don't be annoying in a room Mm -hmm. was my Mm -hmm. big thing. I just said, (laughs) no one's going to tell you that, but like be pleasant to be around because you'd be surprised at how many people, not that they don't deserve their jobs, but that the thing that puts them over the edge as far as like getting hired is just like, oh, I love being in a room with that person. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's so much less about your ability to string together words and, <laughs> and your ability to be the person that you, at three o'clock in the morning, is that the person I want to look across and see? Is that the person mm-hmm. that's going to help me solve this problem? I also want to say... Just, I think this is a public service announcement to any young writers who are listening. If you do get staffed on a show, if you're staffed on a show now, 
uh, and you see that the you, you know the they put the monitor up with the script on the board or something. Mm-hmm. Don't don't do any don't tell the writer's assistant that they that they've made typos. I see that happen all the time. Where <laughs> right where like younger writers like they they're not they're not feeling like they're contributing or something, mm. and so they start pointing out the writer's assistant's typos, even in a nice way. And it's like don't just don't do that because the writer's assistant is trying as hard as they can to hear everything to get everything. And unless you're the showrunner, you can't necessarily pull that writer aside and be like, "Yo, chill on the like screaming out typos." This is our class called "You Know How to Write." Now what? Now what? <laughs> now what? <laughs> These are other don't, things. Don't be annoying. You know how to write. Now don't be annoying. <laughs> and I think I was pretty annoying the first couple of years of my career, and I would hearken to say the the last couple of years of my career. But like, I feel like I I wish somebody had sat down and told me I didn't do the writers' assistant thing, but I mm-hmm. I would. I wish somebody had said like this is how it goes because my first. Do you want me to sit you down right now and tell you <laughs> my first you job? It's funny. I just found a picture of my the, my first job yesterday. There were four of us in the room, five of us in the room, and so you know it wasn't the kind of room where you could sit back and just listen. You had to participate. I think. <laughs> I'm I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> I have been. So since having a baby, I'm back in therapy. And -hmm. I know, Morgan, you've been in therapy for years and years, right? Yeah, not recently, recently. uh, And that's, uh, I got to, you know, find someone or whatever. But yeah. Robin, what's your therapy relationship? Every Wednesday, right in this neighborhood. Oh. I'm not, Morgan, I'm not going to give you the name of my therapist. They think that's a conflict of interest. I never asked for the name of your therapist. I want to help you find a good therapist. I know. And, you know, there aren't any in Los Feliz. That's that's one of our big issues. more therapists to come so yes i go to therapy on wednesdays so since being back in Mm -hmm. and i guess like my therapist would say this is just what happens when you have a baby like i'm sort of revisiting everything that i thought i already visited Mm -hmm. and worked through and for some reason i'm so much i spend so much time thinking back to things that happened in my early 20s and just thinking God, I was an asshole, even though I never thought I was before. So maybe I'm not, maybe I'm visiting anew. But one of the things is thinking back to my behavior at jobs early in my career and just being like, oh my God, I was an entitled millennial, even though I'm not a millennial. <laughs> um, I mean, for the, it's not like for the, it's not like I came in and just was a raging idiot the whole time, but different, different conversations I can think of where I just, Oh, I just want to go back and just shake that girl. <laughs> no, but what what value are you getting in revisiting it? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Except my therapist would say this is very important what you're doing. Oh, not not specifically the job stuff, but just the like going back and sort of revisiting everything. And I, I'm oh. not. She had some whole extended reason why, like the. And I feel like she might have made this up to make me feel better, but like oh. there was a study done wink wink (laughs) like that like something about like a big component of attachment to your baby is revisiting a lot of stuff from your own childhood huh i don't know like i said i feel like this was i didn't need another reason i can't have a kid (laughs) yeah rethink analyzing i think she was trying to she was trying to make me feel better about how much i overthink I get it. You thought this was hard before. Yeah. <laughs> like this is, that's like the you two very hard, hard things to do. <laughs> right. It, yeah, it has been. Um, okay. So what, you said that you have worked on the same shows a lot. No, no, no. no. I just mean like the same like we places. The same, we oh, okay. We have the same we have like the schedules. Same like life. 
Like, not we're like. always like I was on a show when she was on a show, and now I'm we're, like we're both develop. It's just like it's always. It, it's actually nice because uh, it as much as I fucking hate talking about show business, I also it, there is a nice uh, freedom to have a little bit of shorthand in what you're doing or what's happening during the day or like oh this happened and shit it sucks and a lot of my friends and I I have a little group of like tight knit friends, um, none of whom are show it means a couple musicians but like none of them work in like tv or anything so no one i can't call any of them and be like oh they passed on my thing like no one knows what that means mm-hmm. and no one cares and right so at least there's like a shorthand you yeah. know with your like neighbor you're like oh yeah i have to do this tomorrow and they know what it means and so yeah so see that, she does love me eh. <laughs> <laughs> so she wanna, has a tough time expressing it <laughs> i want to find out how the podcast began but first, in the yeah. idea. But first, I want to tell you guys uh, about Blue Apron. Love oh. Blue Apron. There, it's amazing. Let's say you want to cook something. You don't want to do the thing where you look up the recipe and then you have to go to the store and then you buy too much of all the ingredients. And then you get home and you have to like measure it out. And then what do you do with all the leftover chervil? What do you do with it? It's just going to rot. You throw it away. That's right. No, don't do that. No. Blue, Blue Apron <laughs> sends you everything you need to make a delicious home-cooked meal. Uh, it's less than $10 per person per meal, and Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-proportioned ingredients, which that's like the best part. You're yeah. you're yeah. a regular Rachel Ray at that point. Yeah. You've yeah. got everything you need. It's all in little bags and whatnot. Uh, and there's variety. You can choose from a variety of new recipes each week. That's another thing I should mention. With each Blue Apron meal, uh, they send you this great heavy cardstock if you're into that. And even if you're not into that uh, recipe card where they break down how to make the recipe with different pictures. So whether you're, you know, a novice or you're really good at cooking, it's super easy. It's flexible. You can customize your recipes each week to fix to fit your preferences. And there's a blue apron freshness guarantee. So every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Allison. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with blue apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Allison blue apron, a better way to cook. Mm. Okay. So you guys, you know, I like love heavy cardstock. Yeah. It's It's, great. And like, I I love like raised font. (laughs) Oh, embossing. Oh, I love an embossed like I'm just, all right. That's my other podcast. (laughs) You know what I kind of miss? Business cards. I know they have them still, but I feel like they're They're, going away. And it's also like the Vista print. It's not, the texture's not there. Right. There's no art to it. I actually have a little um, kind of a shack of an office. I don't know what to call it, like a bungalow type thing in North Hollywood. um, That's like my, my, it's, it's like not on a studio. It's just like my little place. And the guy across the dirt lot is like a typesetter. And he really like, and it's like, I looked at all this stuff and it's just so cool that like people still do things with their hands I yeah how's how's his uh income going i think he does i mean i think there's still a market for people who are like really incredibly gifted at an art you know it's like when you see pe- when you like i always think about like i lived in connecticut for a little bit and you'd see like guys make those stone walls right that's like an that's like from fucking italy like people you know what i mean yeah. like, it's like there's some masonry. stuff that, yeah masonry. masonry i love that shit Sorry, I didn't mean That's, to go on a tangent, no. but you said heavy cardstock, yeah. and I got all sure. excited. Her that is, head exploded. <laughs> you guys live on the same street, mm-hmm. like right? six, yeah. seven houses apart. Yeah. How did you meet? Um, 
people kept coming to my house going, do you know Robin Char? And I'd be like, no. <laughs> and, and I was like, no. And like, for like a year. People were asking me, and I'm like, no, I know. She lives up the street. I keep, I know, I know, I get it. I get, we're supposed to be friends. I get it. Like, it was just like an, <laughs> a constant onslaught. I'm like, I, she's never come by. I don't know. She doesn't say hi. I moved in. And they would ask that because they wa- were friends with her or because yeah, we had so many, we have, we have a million mutual friends. And, uh, and so people would just go to her house and ask if she knew me and come to my house and ask if I knew her. <laughs> And, and then, then my reaction would be like, I don't think she lives on the street. I've never <laughs> seen her. And I feel very territorial because I know everybody's dogs. Yeah. And like, I just was so confused that you had a dog and you lived on the street and that we hadn't met. And then you found out that I also had a little backyard. And so then I, didn't I have to walk my dog like mm, you do. Yeah. That's a massive difference. She's one of the only people who has a backyard on our street. So small, small house, big yard. Nice. <laughs> Can't lose. <laughs> Small house, big yard, can't lose. Um, yeah. Also catch. So, I think I have the smallest house on the block, but nobody else has a backyard. Think that's that's very, I, I think that's true. I think it's true. But you do have a, <laughs> you, I think you do have a great backyard. Thank and my you. dog, Sadie, is gr- it's her home away from yeah, home. Her dog comes over to poop. <laughs> which true. is it's you know true. that's no one people can't do that you no, can't be like I'm gonna come over can. to take a shit but your dog is like I'm bringing Sadie over She's gonna- she loves it but yeah we met and and then is it yeah it turns out we had all these friends in common but Morgan invited me over to watch football one day and we're coming up upon the year anniversary of that so oh boy. we may have to have a special podcast Robin wants to have an anniversary party of our friendship <laughs> should we have it at the Gelson's I'm wine not bar? there yet I know I she's not I'm, that yeah. she's not how, all in how long on our do you friendship need? um I've just like, you know what? I, I've never like done that with somebody. And I feel like, you know, if I'm going to have an anniversary party with a friendship, like I have to, I don't know what friendship that's going to be yet. Uh, Robin, are you more into the friendship? (laughs) (laughs) I hear you loud and clear, Morgan. You know, I wouldn't want to pressure anybody into having an anniversary party that didn't want to, you know, (laughs) I don't want, I don't want to. I have to say, I actually think we're oddly, um, uh, simpatico as far as like, who's more into, like, it's funny when you have, because I think almost every relationship is, is uneven in some regard, but like, it's nice to have a neighbor where we're like, if neither of us want to hang out, we just go, no, I'm not going to go out tonight. Like, it's, yeah. it's pretty simple. It's very simple. Um, I don't like to go out very much <laughs> these days. And uh, and so it's nice to be like, well, I'm not going to go out, but I am going to go to Morgan's. Like, that's easy. Or Morgan's going to come to my house. And that's it's, what you want. We do stuff like that. Yeah. That's it's nice. nice. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it was your stand-up, Morgan, where you were saying that once you've taken your shoes off, you're not going out. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's very... Oh, yeah. It could yeah. be like a like some huge band is playing next door. Yeah, I door. think I said the Beatles yes. or something. <laughs> it could be like next door, and I'd be like, oh, I took my shoes off. I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's just... I love, I'm such a homebody, and I love it. And I'm also like... But I'm also social, so there's this combination of... I don't want to leave my house, but I do want to see my friends. And, and so I have people over a lot, and it's like, I love it. You yeah. know, it's 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 not a... Uh, it's I I all order pizza five nights a week if like friends come over. It's not like a burden. I love She's having my very friends generous over. with food ordering. I'll also say very very generous. Well, um, it's like the Jewish mother in me has some outlet where like people are over and I I like over order because I'm so, my my fear that people are not going to be able to eat as much as they want to eat. I like have this yeah. deep seated thing that like Same. I don't know came from my great grandmother clearly, you know, and just stream down the family line and I-, I have the same issue I, 
I'll also say this. Do you? Because sometimes it's just popcorn and I'm like, you could have put out a few things. You know, we have to discuss what we're going to do about podcast snacks because it's annoying to put them out every week and then nobody actually sees them or eats them. I don't know. Maybe I pick different snacks. (sighs) I don't pick the snacks, but... Needless. Do you let them eat on mic? Because people... No. Okay. No, 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 no. We don't let them on. eat, no. But you know what I was going to say, which is that uh, it's funny that you mentioned the shoes and the going out because our, our we have a very good mutual friend who was at Morgan's birthday party last year. And I this is before I knew Morgan, who said, you should come over to her birthday party. She's having a birthday party down the street. And I was like, I don't... No, I don't... And I'm in, I was like, I'm in my robe. And my friend said, just come in your robe. Yeah. And I happened to have a friend of mine gave me a mazel robe from Watch What Happens Live. <laughs> and I almost went down to her house in the mazel robe. And it is one of my biggest regrets that I didn't do it. Should have done it. I should have done it. It's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry a year later. I you could still you. do it. Yeah, you could still do it. Oh, you're right. Or I could podcast in my robe. Oh, you're podcasting mazel robe. <gasps> make make people really uncomfortable just podcast in a robe. See, I spent years feeling like I'm already on the couch. I don't have the motivation and I don't want to put on makeup, so I'm not going to go out. Mm-hmm. But I wish I could have just been honest and been like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty tired. I'm going to stay in. For some reason, I never felt like that was a good enough excuse. So I always, yeah, had I went to, like, through, ratchet it yeah, up. Yeah, I still go through a period of feeling very guilty about staying in. And, uh, and I just, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm, I'm better at it now, but I think it was, I think it was, you know, you're 20s, you party. And then when you start to stay in, you're like, oh, should I be out? And then eventually you're like, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I think my f- concern was always, and I put this in the past tense because now I'm so in that no one's trying to get me out. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's pretty rare. It's like illegal for you to leave. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I think my concern was always if my excuse is just I'm tired and I'm already in it's like I don't like you enough to come out. So right. I always, I always was worried about insulting the person. I try to not bail on things. Any that's yeah. like a thing is that I, I, I try to be like honest about I'm not going to go out that night. Like there's a party tomorrow. I'm not going to it. You know, like right. Saturday, I'm having people over for a boxing mat. Like I, you know, I plan out my my days and like I've had sets at at, at you know all around town, like stand up stuff all week, and I haven't wanted to do any of it. But I also I have deep fear of being the person who bails last minute. So yeah. I've just been driving around every night and going like, oh, why did I say yes to this? <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about the person who bails? Um, I, I, I'm very like, I kind of get that it happens. Um, and I like when I'm on the fence about wanting to hang out too and someone bails on me. That's very nice. But um, I've done it enough to have to be like, I totally get it. I don't, you know. I can't quote any of them directly, but if, you, if you're not following Gary Gennetti on Instagram. Oh my God, that's so weird. I, I almost just made a picture that said, follow Gary Gennetti uh, on really? Instagram because it's such a great Instagram. I'd say like 35 to 45% of his Instagram, uh, it's jokes. It's just typewritten jokes. Uh, there's so many of them that are about not wanting to go out and how much he's like canceling. But like, it's it's all about it's either about Jesus's gay friends or um, he's so funny. He's, he's so, so funny. He's a, like a, a Will and Grace, a, a Family Guy. Yeah, he's, he's writing like the new Jetsons or yeah, something. He's like an he's incredible just, writer. He's so funny. And, and so much of his uh, Instagram stuff is about how he doesn't want to go out. Uh, and how it's insulting to him if you ask him to have plans <laughs> or if you say, 
add him to the supermarket. And and I have to say, uh-huh. I, I think he's probably, from what I've heard, he's like the nicest guy in the he's world. He's a really sweet guy. And so he has this really funny sort of Instagram persona that doesn't like to go out. I'm going to have to go follow him. Please do. So the idea to do the podcast, where did that come from? Um, I just, everyone kept doing podcasts and I kept <laughs> like, I was like, I don't, uh, want to, that was, that was really the gist of it for years and years and years. I was like, was it suggested to you or you just felt like you should? Cause I it's... didn't think I had anything interesting to say about anything that much. And I also, I'm not really like a, like a, a talker. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I just don't, I, I tend to even be very, um, my, but you know my jokes are shorter and mm-hmm. i i don't i'm not a big like pontificator well i was trying to get you it's years that i've been trying to get you to come well, on no, my show i just never think oh. i have anything to talk about Sick and burn. I, I i just don't <laughs> think i really truly i never thought i had anything to talk about and and was also struggling to find something i'd be motivated to mm-hmm. talk about and then uh i don't know i just started thought that that would be a cool idea i didn't knew i didn't want to do it alone and I didn't really know what it was. And then basically, like, I had the concept, like, I thought about it, then met Robin, then we started kind of just yammering about local shit anyways, because that's what you do with your neighbor. And I was like, oh, this is the podcast. Like, it kind of happened backwards, I guess. And I like the fact that people are like, how did you guys meet? And it's like, the answer, the very honest answer is we're neighbors. We're neighbors. We yeah. didn't meet because we were both on season two of Californication. I don't know yeah, why it's I picked that one. Neither always, of us have worked on that show. Yeah, I'm always like um, a little bit, uh, not reluctant, I'm, 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 I'm hesitant to like emphasize what I do for a living, I guess, because the show isn't about that and yet it is so much a part of my life that it's going to come up but it's like i said before it's just so fun to like sit down with somebody else who like also works in the business and and then go like oh i got like the best piece of fish at mccall's and like <laughs> did you know that they have like tuna right now <laughs> and, you know, and, just- and the fact of the matter is everybody has something to say about where they live yeah. everybody has an opinion about the stores the restaurants the this the that what's open what's closed yeah. like and and now- i mean our segments are like used to be a like yeah. it used to be a like oh have you been to that place it used to be a that place or like you know uh, if it's gossip it's like okay well I'll talk about it but I'm not going to name cross streets like it's just so you have you know if it's 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 literally you had to be there or you don't people or in England don't. seem to like it listen we have three fans in we England three fans. that we're very excited about wow do you know them by name Mm. I I would if I was looking at my Twitter <laughs> <laughs> are there things in those feelers that you guys have differing opinions on like wildly mm. differing interesting um well robin i i would say we have different opinions on like workout places because she goes to them and i don't is that a uh <laughs> sure i i feel like i've i've can- what's funny is that i've canvassed all of all of los Feliz for a great workout place for the last 12 13 years and now i work out in studio city <laughs> And I own I own the fact that I work out in Studio City. It's a schlep, but for me, it's the best workout. Um, <laughs> what? It's true. It just doesn't matter at all, which is the greatest thing about the entire experience. <laughs> like nothing that is being said really truly matters. Except uh, we, I would say this: we are getting more politically active. <laughs> um, we're trying. We're encouraging people to support the local school. We're encouraging people to uh, be invested in local government. And uh, report uh, necessary stop signs, etc. Mm-hmm. Concrete, um, concrete, busted concrete. My three one one dot com. My three one one dot com. 
So it was. We really, had our city councilman, David Rue. It was very the city councilman of like Rue Hollywood on. and our neighborhood and parts of the valley and stuff. And that he was, was exciting. It was awesome. And he was very, very transparent, which was the thing I appreciated the most. He had super like cool. he wasn't he wasn't like a politician at all. He was super like this is how I do it. This is what I did during my campaign. This is you know so. It's been eye-opening for both of us. I don't think there's... I think you probably like McCall's because you are a meat eater and a bread eater. And yes. There's, yeah, I we have very, different diets. I am a very annoying eater. And so I don't get to go to places like McCall's. I will say this, though. On the way here, I thought I was going to treat myself to a gluten-free treat at Stamp, but they don't open till 8 a.m. Yeah, we, we, we do a lot of discussions of opening times because mm. everybody opens at a different time. Um, Punchbowl opens at 7 or 6, maybe Punch even. Punchbowl opens early. Little but- Dom's Deli's at 7. Daily Donuts. That's five or six. But I made a, I just made a mistake. I thought in my head that that stamp was one of those places that all the neighborhood people take their little kids in the morning. Mm-mm. I was punch ver- bowl. I was wrong. I was wrong. Allison, is should- this how exciting is this for you? This is <laughs> like a little that was like a slice of like what you can experience if you download this, this was, podcast. It was almost a crossover episode. It was. Yeah, <laughs> Thank yeah, you yeah. so much. The listeners should know. We are recording this at 8.30 a.m. So yeah. very... Because I'm thinking when you say it wasn't open at 8 on your yeah. way over, they might be like, what? Yeah, yeah. Because they know that I formerly was very much not a morning person. In fact, yeah, I, I once I, told yeah. a story. Uh, I have a journalism background, and I was asked to interview Kevin Hart at 8.30 a.m., and I wanted to, to see if we could do it a little later. And when I told that story on the podcast... My listeners were very, very, I've probably lost, I lost a lot of people in that moment oh. because there were a lot of people who felt like only some kind of asshole is right. not ready to do it at 830. Um, so anyway, well, my apologies. Apo- no, that was my fault as I have to, uh, as I had to rearrange some work. Well, crap. It's fine now, though. Because now I am a morning person. Oh, welcome. Me too. Welcome. Yeah. People you- are often surprised that I'm a morning person. I think that's an interesting... I, I, I don't... Well, because you're a comedian. Think, yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm a, I like to be in bed at a reasonable hour and I, I get up early and have Have you coffee. always been that way? No. I, I got a dog. It switched up my whole mm. schedule. I had a baby and it switched up my schedule. Well, my dog is my baby. Yeah. <laughs> I had my second. Oh, yeah, I, my dog I, is my I, first. My thing is equally as important as your thing. <laughs> no, oh, oh, no. I wasn't trying to put no, no, rank no, on it's you. Fine. No, no, no. It's just, it's just, you know, yours, you know, my, I'm mine. just saying. I'll have mine less long. So, <laughs> you know, don't make me feel bad about it. But the years you'll, you'll pack in those. <laughs> oh, those those two to three years are really that's all. Oh, God, that's so I've always been a morning person. You can't stop me. I never pulled all nighters in college. I had to go. I always had to go to bed. I'm a bear. I was I a, sleep like a bear. I was a pull all nighter person, and I, I remember at a certain age, I was like, oh, I can't take red eyes anymore because I feel like I'm going to die, and it's unsafe for me to be in public. I've oh. now crossed the I've I've crossed yeah, the age threshold where I birds. can't do it. I like to be, I'm, I'm one of the first people at work usually, no matter what job I'm at, but it's funny because I look like I just rolled out of bed to get there, so I look like I'm running in late, and yet I'm an hour early, so it's very, <laughs> It's kind of the most down. hip way you can be early. Oh, it's great. So true. I need to tell you guys about a show that airs at 
8.30 Central on Wednesdays. So clearly after all of us go to bed, since we just talked about mm-hmm. But I would stay people. up to watch this show. Yeah, it's American Housewife. I, and I, by the way, I'm absolutely paid to say this. It's 100% a commercial for an ABC television comedy. Uh, are you enjoying the honesty here? Do you like when people keep it real? Well, then I have a show for you. ABC's hit comedy American Housewife is back on a new night, Wednesdays at 9.30, 8.30 Central after Modern Family. Ooh. That's quite a lead-in. Starting mm. September 27th, you can watch your favorite brutally honest, totally relatable mom. I like to think I'm that too. Katie Otto, along with her husband Greg, work to ensure their three kids don't wind up like the uber-wealthy neighborhood Joneses. The everyday obstacle of their Tony town makes them feel like it's them versus the world, and Katie meets the challenges with unconventional gusto, determined to come out the winner. This is one mom who knows her quirky family is perfectly imperfect, and she's far from sorry. Sounds so sassy. Critics say American Housewife is a must-watch, unapologetic, and a brave new take on the sitcom Mom. The new season of American Housewife premieres on Wednesday, September 27th, 9.30, 8.30 Central after Modern Family on ABC. Love ABC. ABC is that's where I work right now. So I, what know, are you working on now? I, I, do I have to like disclose that? Like mm-hmm. like our parent company is. I um I am uh uh consulting on um the new Roseanne reboot. Oh yeah. How is that? It's awesome. I it's great. It's actually so fun. Love her. Yeah, she's. I don't love her tweets. Um. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know, it's don't funny. know about I, her tweets. I, oh, I couldn't. I mean, it, it, it's funny because I. I. They're political. They're uh, political and not in the right way. That being said, I don't really. Th- I, not to speak for her, but she's great and she's a little out of her mind, like in the in a really pleasant, self-admitted way. And uh, I just wouldn't take it. I, I, I'm not defending any of it. I wouldn't take it at face value. Yeah. If that's, I'm, if that's I the, had a meeting with her um, a, a while ago. A yeah. It was. It's she, like ridiculous. We compared notes on like who the psychopaths in this industry are that you yeah, should avoid. She's, she's, she was a real. I mean, she's she calls me what's her, like I always say she calls me what's her name. <laughs> but she thinks what's her name's funny. So, so it's like it the great, matter. it's like the best because people are like, oh, you know what? I'm like, she doesn't know my name, <laughs> but she thinks like jokes come from my chair. Yeah. So I think that's all that. That's you know, all that matters. It's great. It's really, it's a, uh, it's been a blast and it's like a great staff. So I don't know. We'll see. And Robin, what are you working on now? I have a pilot at Hulu. I just turned in the rewrite for that. That's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, I'm supervising a pilot at Freeform. Ooh. Formerly ABC Family. And also working on a pitch with CBS right now. That's where I'm going after this. So it's weird because I got, I've I got been, things. Too, I got other things too. I didn't know we were supposed to like list all the things. Oh, I, I'm really important. You know, the in greatest some way thing. As well. the, the greatest thing though is the other day I was talking to my dad, telling him about my sojourn mm-hmm. in the Pacific Northwest. And he was like, so, because uh, I'm not on a staff for the first time in probably 13 years. I'm not on a staff in the fall. And um, he was like, so uh, are any of the things you're working on, uh, any of them pay you? <laughs> and I was like, dad, dad, you can either be staffing or you could be developing. And right now, for the first time, really, in earnest, I'm developing. And he was just like, he just didn't buy it. He didn't buy that the things that I'm doing uh, issue paychecks and I like that he was concerned but I was also sort of like weirdly like what does he think I'm just just I don't know like uh, clowning around all day for no money I don't know I just wish my dad understood me <laughs> he does in his own way I love him 
We get into a lot of dad stuff on the show. <laughs> There's some dad. Beers, it goes from like, uh, you know, hey, Blue Bottle opened on Hillhurst to like, why doesn't my dad? <laughs> yeah. And Morgan just recently, Morgan has met my sister and my, I mean, a lot of people have never met my sister because she moved uh, in 1990. So no one here, know, even people I went to high school with don't know my sister. And Morgan met my sister and my mom and they saw all, th- she saw all three of us in a room together, which is a rare and unfortunate event because <laughs> we are like firecrackers. Like we can't be near each other. It's oh. like mercury that explodes. <laughs> what was your take on it, Morgan? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, was, I thought the lox was delicious. And, yeah, bagels and, you, and you, know, you had a great spread. You had a spread. Like when I was a kid, I I, I think I've said this on our podcast, but I, I I would get not excited, but when someone died and I didn't <laughs> know them really, I'd be like, oh there's going to be like a sandwich station and <laughs> white fish. And that's like what it felt like. It felt like in the best way, it felt like someone died. Yeah. <laughs> we got the uh, bagel and lox platters from Froman's. Yeah. Uh, mm. And so we really yeah. went for it. Yeah. And, you know, somebody somewhere had died. And, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure. And so we were, no, it was. Morgan, I know you had a very un, fairly unconventional upbringing. Sure. And you moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't live your parents split up you didn't really know your dad that well right well, or you, he, not, he, you didn't, didn't know me i, I know but we we he didn't live i didn't live with him yeah right yeah until and, i was 17 for a year and then you lived with family <laughs> members right because uh-huh. you're my live with uh, my mom's sister and my dad's sister and some family friends for like a summer and uh it was just sort of uh kind of what people thought was the best place for me at the time I think. because you I think you described it as like your mom just wasn't into it, but she, she, it was a combination of like, um, you know, other people were kind of more well off and probably, uh, able to provide things that she couldn't. And in a financial sense, I, I, all the senses, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 you know, my, neither of my parents were like, you know, incredibly stable. So it was kind of like who, who you know in this year is willing to sort of take on the job of like opening their house to this you know weird depressed teenager but uh, weird depressed but who was a jock uh yeah a jock till yeah i mean a very like uh aggressive uh jock till i was like yeah 16 ish but i think emotionally i'd sort of given it up like a couple years before so it was i was just finding you know mm-hmm. myself i guess and 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 definitely i'm actually rereading old notebooks because my mom sent me all this old crap from my childhood and i'm like i was an oddball you were like i go reread your old stuff and i'm like that that's just a weird story i think they should have called the doctor or something <laughs> about trying to turn that in but it's i don't know that's my my childhood i look back at old stuff and i'm like oh i just wanted so badly to fit in i was trying so hard to conform I look, I look back and I'm like, that's just, maybe that's all teenagers, but just, I cringe over the level of me trying to be like a Buffy. I, I tried to be, I don't know what I tried to be for a couple of years, but going back and reading old stuff, I'm like, oh, I wrote like a weird essay about the two times I tried kumquats, <laughs> like as a child, like, and I, I just, <clears throat> I looked at some of the shit I was writing and I was like, oh, no wonder I didn't know then that that was kind of odd to be you know i just i just it explains a lot having reading all this old stuff explains why i never quite fit in with like kids my age Mm -hmm. forever (laughs) yeah 
how did you feel about not living with your mom and bouncing around a bit? I mean, at the time, because things were not, uh, you know, ideal, you know, with her, that it was it was actually like a nice reprieve um, to have some, you know, some structure. And, uh, you know, I lived with her sister who who was like, it was just a different thing. It was, a, you know, uh, dinner at the table every night, that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, uh, the, the worst part about it was that I tended to live with wealthy people while not being a wealthy person. So it was in, in wealthy neighborhoods, wealthy communities. So I was like the kid taking the bus while everybody my age had like a brand new Range Rover, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and like nobody my age took the bus in, in, I lived in New Canaan, Connecticut and, uh, and I would take the bus with my seven year old neighbor, which is like, I've, I've, I've told this story, but like, it was just the bus went to all the schools. So it was like, I literally see kids in my grade and my classes drive past me <laughs> while I waited for the bus. And I just go, oh, this fuck in the snow with geese. And I'm like, oh, fucking get me out. Like, I just, you know, it, <laughs> it, it forms you. It's, it was, it, in hindsight, it was great. And a lot of people don't have, the fallback plan of like my aunt's going to take me in, my uncle's going to take me in, and I did, and I'm I'm lucky to have that, and mm-hmm. uh, have had multiple incredible people in my life, including my mom, take care of me. So that's you know, what was going on with your mom? Just like, yeah, you know, it's funny. I wish I had like a big story. I think just some people are not like emotionally suited to be, uh, you know, a full time parent to an only child for 18 years i mean it's hard it's a hard gig and i think things were kind of coming to part at the seams and um there's not like an a solo answer it just like you know it was hard for her and hard for me and uh it seemed like it'd be easier for other people to sort of uh share the load i guess sure sure and is she still around yeah yeah she's around um we you know we have a decent relationship it's 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 uh a lot of boundaries and all that crap but we talked yesterday and um uh she likes you know she like uh i, I had like some work done to my bathroom so she sent me some like you know hand towels from amazon That's you know nice. That's nice those sort of gestures yeah yeah and robin did you have a conventional upbringing uh yeah for the most part my parents had a really nasty divorce when i was 16 that's still going on (laughs) uh the best part about their divorce is that they got divorced again when i was 26 oh wow (laughs) because they didn't get married again but they got divorced again because uh everybody renewed their divorce basically my dad wanted to rewrite the divorce rules (laughs) when i was 26 Uh. and what had happened is between the ages of 16 and 26 i wasn't i live i moved to i went to college in Chicago and to New York after college and then came back and everything was fucking the same again. It was like, <laughs> wait, I have to go through this whole thing again. That's why I left. Um, and I'd say for part, for half of my senior year, it's interesting, for half of my senior year, I lived, my my best friend was a child actress and she was going on location to shoot a movie or something, a series, and I lived in Studio City with her little sister. So I got to like live in an apartment when I was 17 That's and take so care cool. of this 15-year-old girl and drive her to school and then I'd go out to El Camino, which is where I went to school. And then January of my senior year, uh, there was the LA earthquake 
and my entire school just like fell into a hole and we didn't go to we never went to school like I think we went to school for like two weeks so you take about the Northridge yeah. the Northridge earthquake and so they put all these trailers on the field and nobody fucking went to school and I had already gotten into college and so like the most unconventional part about my senior year was that all of our houses were condemned and so you could have parties everywhere and people would be like, I have an idea. Let's take this toilet out of the ground and see if we can just throw it from here from the roof into the swimming pool. And we did it because the house was going to be knocked down anyway. So it, everything was conventional until I was 16 and then literally everything that could have fallen apart did. Um, I still, you know what sucks? I cannot put my parents on the same email. I have to be fucking CC everything. <laughs> and it's, re- excuse my language, no, but it's really it's frustrating. Like if you decide to have children together, you are making the agreement to be on emails with that yeah. person for the rest of your life. <laughs> Even if they feel differently about karaoke than you do? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Even if. Who was the child actress friend of yours? Oh, my uh, my best friend from growing up is a is an actress named Kelly Martin. She was on Life Goes yeah, On. I know who that is. Yeah, she, and now she's on a great show on TBS called The Guest Book, which just got picked up for a second season. And then she does a lot of work now on Hallmark. She's Miss... I want to say it's Mystery Woman, but it's not called Mystery Woman anymore. Morgan's not even met Kelly, which is so weird. Uh, you have to meet Kelly at some point, Morgan. All right. <laughs> Excited. But I see her. I When I go to Studio City to work out, I see Kelly every morning. So, And what's nice is that like Studio City is like where we became friends. And so it's just we're Good back. for you. It's, we're back in the old stomping grounds going to Humphrey's Yogurt. Just kidding. It's not, <laughs> I don't think that's there anymore. On Carpenter? Uh, Humphrey's Yogurt on Van Nuys right before Ventura. Just just north of Ventura. Wait, I thought. Remember uh, Humphreys? Wasn't it across? Wasn't it across from Carpenter on Ventura? You're thinking of Studio Yogurt. Oh, sorry. That's okay. I get really into yogurts. <laughs> All right, let's get to the thing that uh, I think everyone's wondering about. Yes, staged reading of the hills. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, I was upset. It was probably 2007, 2008. I was really upset that I watched The Hill so much. And not only did I watch it, but I liked it. And I talked to all my friends about it. And then <laughs> I thought, oh, here's an idea. Why don't I transcribe all my favorite moments from The Hills and smash them all together into uh, a staged reading at UCB and ask my friends to be in it. So it was Rob Hubel, Donna Feinglass, Danielle Schneider, uh, Rob Riggle, uh, and Tom Kenny was the narrator. So Tom Kenny wore a tech. We all wore black turtlenecks. Tom Kenny was the narrator and wore a tuxedo and had a British accent. So he'd be like, Heidi and Lauren meet up at whatever the place. Coffee bean. Yeah, coffee bean <laughs> to discuss last night's events. Um, and he also did, you know, that song Unwritten was the theme song. So he came out in like a pin spot and said, uh, instead of singing Unwritten, he just read the lyrics. And really, we just, we just, I was Whitney. I was Whitney Port. <laughs> And we just read it. Oh, and Janine Garofalo played Lauren Conrad for many, many shows. And then Kate Walsh took over, which was really fun. Amazing lineup. Yeah. And then, um, and then the best part was that at the UCB shows, 
we'd be up there and people would be saying it along with us. And it reminded me of like when I was a kid, I used to see, I saw a show called The Real Live Brady Bunch at the Village Gate in New York. Uh, that was Jill Soloway's show, Jill and Faith Soloway's show. Uh, and everybody in the audience, it was, they're all, all, everybody knows Brady Bunch dialogue. And I was like, wow, that's so cool that they did that. So I basically sort of reappropriated that for the hills and was amazed when people in the audience were, um, like there was a, some famous line like "I'll forgive you, but I won't forget you," or something <laughs> like that. That that Lauren Conrad says, and then the best part was that they all came, like the whole cast came to one of the shows. I think they were really excited. Kate Walsh was in it because uh, private practice was huge, and so uh, it was. It was like the, Lauren Conrad's a really cool, nice, nice gal. Uh, it was nice of her to come. And watch herself be made fun of for a full hour. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it was very fun. It seems like so long. We did that. And then we did it at San Francisco Sketch Fest and at Montreal. I, I wasn't able to go to Montreal because I was working. But it was a, it was like a thing for a while. It was fun. And why did you stop? I think, well, the hills stopped. <laughs> and then I, I can't think. Like, I thought for a second about doing it with Kardashians because I watch oh, Kardashians, yeah. unfortunately. But I don't know that it's as... Um, as relatable, you know, or as like quotable as The Hills was. The Hills was like a very specific moment in like the late t- 2000s that I don't know the Kardashians lends itself to. But I will say, and I'm not embarrassed to say, I think Life of Kylie on E! is very well done. I've never seen it. I, I like Life of Kylie. I don't like, I don't, I don't like that. That's probably true. <laughs> like that's like that. I'm just like, oh, I don't like like God. I, I've, I, I will say this. I've had a tough time. I, I was only gone for seven days, but I've had a tough time like re-entering the world after this hike. And I've been watching a lot of TV on my couch. And uh, I, Life of Kylie, surpri- a surprise, a surprise ray of light. It's well done. She seems like on the well, Kardashian. What does well done mean? It's just it's well sense. produced. It doesn't feel super duper fake. Mm. It, it actually feels like oh I'm following this girl and it's like her and her best friend Jordan and her best friend Jordan's like also famous because her best friend is Kylie so it's it it knows what it is it's very aware and sort of takes you through and, and as, as a Kardashian viewer I will say I thought Kylie was a little bit of a pill and my opinion has changed now no, that so is well know. done then yeah you know what I think might lend itself to a staged reading what Vanderpump I've thought about it I've thought about it. I'm telling you, Allison, I've thought about it so much. And I just don't know that Vanderpump has the reach. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so staged. It's so fake. Like, The Hills was totally staged and totally fake. But those girls were, it was an age before social media. So those girls were It's almost like parodying a parody. Yeah, those girls were on TV, but they also, like, clearly were still kind of geeky and figuring it out. These people now with Real Housewives and Vanderpump, they're all, like, Twitter and Instagram famous. Right. And they're able to make money now through their social media, which wasn't the case. Also, people then. grew up now watching people on reality TV shows, so yeah. they're they're sort of mimicking this reality TV show behavior that is not really human behavior. Yes. It's like it's like oh, I'm it's pretending arch. to be a person who's comfortable being a person who's being filmed. Like yeah, it's very odd. It's very yeah. odd, and I I do feel like that the housewives especially took a hard left turn with social media yeah. because now they think they're. 
they're because they're to a certain degree they're they're social media famous and that's different than just being like a housewife who's on a reality show who's out of touch who's not necessarily in touch with their fans and that was there was sort of a more of a raw quality to the hills even though it was totally staged and written they weren't as into themselves <laughs> they weren't selling coupon codes or whatever that you do on social right. media now selling eyewear there okay, <laughs> one more question and then mm-hmm. moving on to just mirror everyone yeah. um Remember that weird season of The Hills that didn't have any of the original people from The Hills? Mm-mm. There was a, like, no, sorry, it wasn't The Hills. It was Laguna Beach. Oh, uh, I never. Weirdly, I didn't watch Laguna Beach, what? and I'm not watching show. Siesta Keys. Siesta Keys. What is Siesta Keys? I only see the commercials for yeah, it. Yeah, my I'm, friend. I only like see a the soft drink. I, I'm a, I'm a little above it. I only see the commercials while I'm binging Teen Mom. <laughs> <laughs> You're so above Siesta Keys. My friend texted me like I'm on this beautiful hike, and he's like Siesta Key, surprisingly white, almost shockingly so, which is kind of a bummer. Like, come on, MTV, you don't need to have an all white cast for Siesta Key. What is this, Florida? It's like rich kids in, yeah, like that area, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's it's one of the keys and it's uh, rich kids and it's uh, other rich kids. I don't know. Yeah. More more rich kids. Rich kids who grew up watching the hills, you know. Should I start watching it? I, don't I, know. I only watch Teen Mom and uh, and all the uh, Batch and Bachelorettes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Quite and, a lot of uh, a lot of controversy over Ari Ari Lindeck, Is that his name? The new Bachelor, right? Huh? Oh, uh, is, uh, is, did they announce it? They did. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's, I Morgan's? think it's Ari Lindeck. People, oh, there's been, some I've other guy behind. that everyone wanted it to be. But Morgan's always Monday night. I know I'm gonna get a text from Morgan saying Bachelor's on tonight, and yeah, I'm like, I say Sunday night baseball, but then Bachelor. I on love Monday. having like built-in plans. I'm just saying, like, I, I feel the Bachelor is too long. It's too long for my taste. There's too many people. I can't get into. I'm having trouble getting into them anymore because there's just too many people at the beginning, and yeah. I just don't want to. I don't want to go through it again. Yeah. Who's this guy? He's like oh, a yeah. race car driver. Oh yeah. All right. I get it. Pass, hard pass. Yeah, um, that's, that ain't that ain't that ain't that ain't no nah, nah. hard pass. All right, hard pass. I feel like he's not bad looking. No, no, no. He seems fine, but like you know, yeah. anybody who can like hold a rose out to a camera and you know, not put he, a gun he, to their head. He his not face for me. is giving me what's the creator of Girls Gone Wild? Joe, yeah, Joe, a little bit of that. That guy, da, not, that guy. Um, what's his name? Joe. I don't know. My brain wants to say Joe Franklin, I but it's so say not Franco, him. but it's not. Yeah, his, uh, it, it's giving. He's giving me some of that. Oh. Jeff. Jeff's going to look it up. Thanks, Jeff. Joe. Francis. Francis. Ah, there we, yeah, boy, that guy. I haven't heard anything about him. No. You never want to You never want to walk away in this world being got, saying, like, I think I got a Joe Francis face. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's do Just Me or Everyone in a sec. But first, I want to tell you guys I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for that. Mm-hmm. Um, different reward levels. You can get bonus episodes every month. You can get access to an interactive live stream. Ooh. You can get merch in the mail. All sorts of fun stuff. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for that. There's so much access to me. You'll beg me to leave you alone. Okay, let's do Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Just me or everyone. I will acknowledge when I say it fast, it sounds like just mirror everyone. <laughs> oh my God, what if that was, what if it was just mirror everyone? <laughs> no, it's just me or everyone where people write in with things they do and, or think and they're like, is it just me or is it everyone? Um, but by the way, I have to say, because there's been a trend lately towards like 
towards submissions that are not the true essence of just me or everyone. It's not a sassy like, have you ever noticed? Am mm-hmm. I the only one? It's more like I do. I when I descend stairs, I count each step. Do mm-hmm. you do? It's like mm-hmm. it's that kind of mm-hmm. just mental stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Anyway, James Leroy Wilson says, when I say I'm not afraid to fly, I mean airlines, single engine planes, helicopters, balloons, iffier. See, that's I love James Leroy Wilson. He submits great ones, but I'm saying that's a little more in the sassy direction. That's well, more he's of saying he, he'll fly big planes, not little ones. Is that yeah? Anything? Yeah, single engine planes, no mm-hmm. helicopters, no balloons, no. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm the same. I'm fine on a commercial airplane, but anything else, no. I recently, recently, last year, I flew from. I want. I, I took a small plane. I took a La Bamba sized plane. If you've seen the movie La Bamba, you know Richie Valens and the Big mm-hmm. Bopper. They went down in a really single single engine plane, and right. they asked me how much I weighed before I got on the plane. <laughs> and you know, you have to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to be honest. I did that. They, I think they weighed me when I went skydiving. Yeah, it's uh, it's that when they are asking you how much you weigh, the sense of panic sets in. Right. Yeah. So how- I, I think so. To but but I think unfortunately sometimes you're not always. In, if you want to go to exotic locales, you're not always in the position of choosing. Right to when, take Delta. Yeah. How was skydiving, Morgan? I love it. I mean, have I, you done it multiple times? No, I I only did it once, and I was like attached to a person, so I, I guess it's not like real skydiving. But I uh, I jumped out of a plane, and uh, I'm here, so it was fun. You are it here. Was, it's so fun that like it, it's just it's a crazy sensation that I can only I've been trying to figure out another way to describe it other than it's like skydiving. <laughs> it's the only way I know how to describe it. <laughs> Shira Myers says. <clears throat> I resent that I've started to include exclamation points in my emails to let strangers know I am nice, but I do it anyway because I am nice. Yes. I, for a long time, I didn't want to do the emoticon. I didn't want to do the emoji thing. So instead, it was just like, hi, exclamation point. How are you doing? You know, I was tons of exclamation points. Actually, I still do that. I do it too. I do it too. And honestly, I think I do it because I'm embarrassed of emojis until you know that the other person's accepting of emojis. Right. And then occasionally I'll get an email from a friend uh, where there's, there's a dearth of exclamation. It's just periods. And it reads flat and a little bit Mm -hmm. like, because I know her, I know she's not upset, but otherwise I might think, wow, she's irritated. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to read emotion into what words look like. Like yeah. it's very, it's like an odd. Yeah, I always choice. do the thanks exclamation point mm-hmm. at the end of an email that feels disingenuous, but I do it so that I don't feel like a jerk, like like the writer is saying. Yeah. I usually start an email after my hi with hope, like if it's someone that I know but haven't talked to them, hope you're well. Yeah, or like. And then at the end, I also write, hope you're well. And then I'm like, oh, I already wrote that. And I have to, and I'm like, I don't know where to put my extra ladle of nicety. I said fairly. Like, I was like, oh, it's fairly good. I said fairly like three times in a message recently. And then I caught myself after I sent it. So I wrote back, so many fairly exclamation (laughs) point. Like, I just, I I was calling attention to my own stuff. I usually have a strong no emoji rule when I'm dating someone. Like, like you don't or they don't. I just don't want. I don't want faces. I don't want faces in my texts. <laughs> I don't want yellow faces in my texts. For a long time, I was very averse to them, and yet 
when people would use them in their communication mm-hmm. with me, I like it. I like it. I'm in. Yeah, I guess I'm in. I guess I've come around. I'm emotionally available. <sighs> but just gonna let that hang there. Ugh. There was a period of time where I never used them except when I was having some kind of chat communication with like tech support mm-hmm. or any sort of customer service thing. Then I would use them because I'm like, look at me trying to speak their language. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the language of people who use this kind of stuff. Also, uh, someone who I'd only communicated with online invited me to a party and I went and this was not a romantic thing. Um, but he told me that I'm so much less smiley in person and I didn't Ooh. know how to take that. And he's like, no, I like it. I'm like, okay, well now I'm just confused. <laughs> but I think it's, because online I am, mm-hmm. my, my online presence mm. is mm, exclamation points and smiley. Right. And if they see a picture of you, it looks like you're only smiling. Right. So they can't believe that there's... I just recently tried to trot out my closed mouth smile again, and I I look like I'm being electrocuted. Like it's, not, <laughs> it's not working for me. That's your resting non-emoji face. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Misa Evans says, just me or everyone, always look for landscaping that is worse than mine while walking around the neighborhood. Hmm. No, I don't do that. The I, grass I don't... is not always greener with Misa. Mm. Um... I don't. Sorry, <laughs> I, I feel like I did a bad joke, and then you were like, "I can." Be I'm gonna worse. double down on how bad that joke was. I I wonder why she does that. Is it to make herself feel? It sounds better? like she doesn't feel great about her own landscaping. I do notice, like, uh, I I do take notice that, like, oh, good, I'm not the only one that blank. Like, yeah. I'm not the only one that like doesn't have a nice thing for their trash cans or something, yeah. you know that kind of stuff. I think we look outwards to make yeah. ourselves feel better inwardly. Nice, I like to. Do you mean like when people build a little area for their trash? Yeah, cans? like a little trash can house. Yeah, <laughs> right. and I'm like, why does your trash can need a house? Yeah, trash but I don't have house. a trash can house. But I don't either. I have a trash can patio. Oh, well, that's side nice. patio. Porkpan says, when wearing ballet flats, flush a public toilet with my foot, always afraid my shoe will fall off into the toilet. I don't have that, but I'm always worried about my phone falling into the toilet. As of yet, it has not happened. I flush with my foot, though. Do you flush with your foot? I always yeah. flush with my yeah. foot. I'm, I'm, I'm envious of someone who can just wear ballet flats. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just not a person who can wear them, who can get away with them. I have a wide foot. Same. And I don't have the body structure that looks the right looks right in a ballet flat. What do you feel like they do? Because I am, there's plenty of shoes that I'll put on and I'm like, oh, this makes me, it makes me look heavier. Yeah. I just feel like a little heel never killed anyone. A little heel always helps me me, or even just like a sneaker, but Mm -hmm. a ballet flat is, it's just not flattering for me. So I, so I think whatever she's doing, she's doing it right. Cause she gets to wear a ballet flat. My feet are so big that I never really had the ballet flat option until very recently when I started making you know, more uh, sizes available for ladies. But I wear size 12. It, it's always been a, a shoes or shoes are just a whole. It's just been a, a, a bit of a hell on earth. Do you buy shoes online? Because I feel I had, I, I don't I do, know. I, I had will, another uh, guest who had large feet and she was, or maybe I just heard it on a podcast. Who knows? I eBay, I've been eBaying forever. Um, a lot of like men's loafers from like the seventies and stuff, like really narrow floor shine loafers and stuff. I love that. And then now oddly, like a lot of, um, men's shoes have become more androgynous so I can like get away with shoes that people think are women's shoes and they're men's and you know, it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a, it's a, it's a, 
It's a, a great renaissance time. for me. <laughs> Flourishing. And lastly, Adelina Prentice says, when eating cashews, I have to eat the small and broken ones first and save the whole ones for last. No, I don't have no, this. No, I don't have mm-hmm. it either. Yeah, yeah that's, that's just intense. weird. That's like uh, if you're eating Smarties, say, mm-hmm. and you have to eat the gross flavors first. Mm-hmm. No, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, no. I just life's too short. Yeah. Just go straight for the ones I want. Yeah. Goodbye, it's like, purple. It's like opening a burger that's like wrapped up and eating all the cheese off the wrapper before you even eat the burger. It's just you're like right. you're eating leftovers yeah. first. That's weird. I think it's a search for a sort of a modicum of control. Mm, you know, if sure. you can control those cashews. You and if you can save the big ones for last, maybe it's like something about, you know, uh, sort of treating uh, yourself. Treating yourself. Yeah. And- yeah, so she may want to think about her control issues, uh, of which I have many. So you know, I'm not throwing stones. <laughs> you guys, it was so fun to oh, have you on the pleasure. show. Oh, what a pleasure! Oh my for god! Thank you. Oh, listen, we're getting a round of applause. Oh. <laughs> Jeff, where do we find you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox, and my end used to be for Los Feliz is the Vons. Sure. At uh, Frank uh, Sunset, Sunset and, and Hillhurst, uh, and Virgil. Yeah. yeah, that used to be an. A f- an open film lot, and that is where they shot Birth of a Nation. Whoa! What? That is true. That's <laughs> wow. in my Los Feliz film history book, but you're totally right. We're going to be diving into stuff like that on the on the next episode. I'm very excited. Robin, what? where do we find you and plug all the things you guys want to plug? Listen, I'm more of an Instagram person, I've discovered, so it's just R-O-B-I-N-S-H-O-R-R on Instagram. Yeah, we have, uh, I think, Instagram and Twitter. It's a Los Feliz podcast. And uh, I'm at Morgan underscore Murphy on all the things. On all the things. Excellent. And you guys follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Please follow me on Instagram. My number has been the same forever, and I can't stand it. (laughs) I'm at Allison Rosen on Instagram. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe, rate, review. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for that. You guys, thank you so much, listeners. What a pleasure. Thanks for having us. I love you. Goodbye. Do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best.